When your child is struggling, as a parent, you need support. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm at the 46th Annual Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium. This is in Colorado Springs, and once again, I get my hands on the experts. The men and women who are speaking at this conference, the, the, the other people having booths here, this is where all the experts in the industry of mental health and addiction and recovery gather to share the information they have, and I wanna get it into your hands. So thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Beyond Risk and Back. I have to be honest about my sobriety um, that for a year, and I tell the kids in our facility this as well, for a year, the hardest part about that about it was how lonely I was. Yeah. There was really um, not, like, like I had to stay out of the strawberry patch, right? Because it was, it was very clear I was allergic to strawberries. Right. And my old friendships that I had to let go of, and they would say, you know, you never call me anymore. Think you're better than me now. And then when I would hang out with them, they were like, you know, do you want to get high? Right. Um, and so, so you really do end up alone. Yes. Duke, uh, you and I met a year ago. Uh, I stalk you on Facebook. I watch everything your organization is doing. Thank you for that. And and I mean, part of it is just your your energy and your spirit for this. Like, and because you don't sit back and say, "I build a baseball field, where are my teams?" Right. You are moving and shaking. You are hustling this. Uh, sober AF, yes. which which I love, has so many different <laughs> meanings. So many different things it could mean, <laughs> but we all kind of know what it really means. So let's, Duke Rumley, uh, thanks for being on the show. Um, you know, we, when we, when we met up here last time, we could never like nail down a time to right. do a show, but in the last year, your program has truly grown. You're getting lots of attention. Correct. So tell my parents what it is you got for them. Sure. Well, thank you for that. So basically two years ago, my daughter started having issues and she was at Red Rocks and her friends all took acid and she, or ecstasy. And she was texting me saying, Hey, I want to take an Uber home. And I was like, what's going on? And I got to the bottom of this. She's 20 years old. I had a 17-year-old at home. And nothing will motivate you like the fear of losing your child. Right. Right? And I'm at this point, like, this is a bunch of crap because the only culture my kid is seeing is this ecstasy culture at music festivals. Right. In the beer punk culture at sporting events. And I know better. But there was nothing I could really point her to besides like, hey, this is how I did it. So the two of us started Sober AF Entertainment, and we came up with this idea to throw sober tailgates before music concerts, music festivals, sporting events. So we did our first one June 1st, 2018. We did it at Bass Nectar. Uh, I love yes. Bass Nectar. That was our first. We've done three at Bass Nectar. I had no idea yeah. your first show was at Bass Nectar. Yeah. I listen to his stuff daily. And he's super supportive of our community. Are you serious? Yes. I had no idea. So I should say the recovery community. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. he has the hummingbirds are inside every Bass Nectar concert. Yeah. And it's a sober support group, much like Warfrats for the Grateful Dead. So certain bands have their own fans sure, throw sure, a sober sure. support. So Fish has the Fellowship. String Cheese Incident has theirs. I right, think it's right, right. Uh, Jellyfish or Hummingbirds. I think there's a Jellyfish. So we came up with this idea. And like the third event we did at the end of June was a baseball game with the Rockies. And we sold 210 tickets. 
in seven days. Holy crap. So that's when we prove, like, we all know there's a need, right? Yes, yeah. 72,000 kids die every year of drug overdose, yet there's no secondary culture for these kids. And it's not their fault, right? They grew up in this generation where 100 billion pain pills were sold over a nine-year period. Right. So they're all, in some aspect, have this addiction issue, but there's no secondary culture for them. You know, Avani Dilger from Natural Highs in Boulder, Colorado, yes. is a dear, dear friend of mine, longtime colleague. She took her leadership team up to a, uh, a bluegrass festival. Oh, nice. They were ridiculed. They were mocked. Yeah. Some people sat down and tried to talk them into how marijuana is perfectly harmless. Right. Blah, blah. Avani and her team is way too savvy for that. And so as a result, they they really didn't. That is tough. Do you find that when you're doing these events, I mean, I'm I'm so blown away that Base Nectar is, is all about this. I love that. It makes me love this dude even yes. more. But do you find at events people harassing your people? So, no, we have never had, and never is a strong word. So we're, we're like at decadence, New Year's Eve. Yeah. So decadence is 10,000 kids. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Base Nectar was there. Steve yeah. Aoki was there. Grizz was there. Um, it was a great night. A huge event. And a large percentage are on drugs. Yeah. So we did have a couple people come by, see Sober AF, boo or hiss a little bit. But it, So of the 60 events we've done... 60. 60. 60 in 18 months. So we're not afraid to go have some fun. So we, and that was probably the only time. And what we've learned is, like, I've made all the mistakes. Like, we had a Rockies game, and we got great seats. Yeah. And we had people sneaking into our section because our seats were good with beers in their hand. And instead of just, like, asking them to leave or tell them, you know, one of the things I did was, like, ask them how much the beers were. And four beers was $48. So I turned to our crowd. I'm like, oh, these poor people. Like, let's all chip in and give them some money. I mean, $48 for four beers. Good this Lord. is ridiculous. <laughs> so I've kind of learned, like, no, we kind of self-police. Um, the tailgates that we – so here's what we've learned. Yeah. Our tailgates have to be badass, and it has to be, like, 50 to 100 kids. If it's a lame tailgate and there's only 30 kids there, it smells and the kids realize it. Right. And what we've also learned is, like, the first 10 minutes is awkward. And if we can help these kids through the first 10 minutes of hanging out together. Because there's 15 of them, and they're waiting for right. the others at the and, early right. bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, yeah, typically there's 100 kids at different sober livings or different places. or So we try to have, like, wiffle ball. They can jump in and play wiffle ball. There'll nice. be cornhole. Nice. Um, having a big screen TV so they can grab a soda and kind of watch the game and BS. Right. Um, but when we do have the badass tailgate i gotta fish people out of there who have a beer in their hand because you know they want to catch the score and watch some of the game and so you've you've been using the term kids a bunch how yes. what is the age of people who can attend the sober af events? so we don't have an age requirement brilliant we don't have a sobriety requirement brilliant. we are all inclusive to all paths um my only requirement is that you're sober during the event which also means you can't smell of weed Okay. So we're asking people if they're doing some type of marijuana maintenance for their recovery, they don't come. And But we're asking anyone who can be sober for three hours during the event, they're welcome to come. So it's pretty all-inclusive. Right. 
So we're open to people who are on methadone or if it's suboxone. You know, we understand that's their, their path and they're more than welcome to come and they don't have much of a community. And is this just a hangout experience for these people or do you organize a meeting in the middle of it? Do you, you guys throw down some inspirational, let's all stay sober, let's, let's, let's go uh, a straight edge here, stuff like that? Right. Or is this just a place for these people to not use and still party? Right. So up to this point... We haven't really pivoted into any type of like peer support or or a meeting per se. Okay. So it's more of a sober meetup, which which we miss. Yes. Like like. But there's it's a, also like, can we get a sober wingman to find yeah, another wingman? Sure, sure, sure. Sober sure. wingwoman to meet up with another sober nice. wingwoman, and then kind of all go in together and sit together, and you know, you subtract alcohol, a lot of the tribalism of sports disappears. So I want to say one of the things about this that turns me on at such a deep spiritual level is that now being 50, right, I've got 22 years into this game. And, and today, by the grace, I'm, I didn't use, ask me about tomorrow, tomorrow, right. okay? Miracle. But, yeah, miracle. So, but, but even at this age... I hate going to the adult parties because what happens is, is I'm there, people show up to, to, to be in the comfort zone. The first thing they do is they get a drink. Right. It's either a tumbler or it's a wine glass. 45 minutes in, the buzz starts. Right. Right. And, and it's the buzz of the voice that goes up a little bit because the alcohol, they've, they've done one or two to get the party started. An hour and a half in, I'm staring at the bookcase and three hours in, I'm petting the dog, and that is my night. Right. It's and and somewhere in there, I get offered a drink, and then the person says, "Oh yeah, I forgot. You don't do it. I'm really proud of you. I should probably do it myself." And I'm still fucking alone. Right. Through the whole party. Yes. And the the piece, what natural highs offers, what sober AF offers, um, is is just that the whole time being in this, I can play cornhole, and I don't have to stop and drink. I can do. I'm with my people, and we can have a party without using. What really brought this to my light, even at 30 years sober, I was with, or 29 years sober last year with my daughter at Coachella. So we went to Coachella. This is before we'd started the nonprofit, or two years ago. And after three days at Coachella, I needed five minutes with somebody sober just to kind of talk. Yeah. Right? I didn't need a meeting, per se. You know, I didn't need a two-hour therapy session, but I just needed someone to say, hey, this is great. I can do this sober with. Yeah. I'm not the only guy here sober. Right. That was kind of what I was looking for. So when I came back from Coachella, I went online and found out there was a sober group there called the Harmonians, and they're at like the 15 largest music festivals. Wow. They have a sober tent there. Um, You know, how am I 30 years sober not knowing about this? or I guess at the time, 28 years sure, sober. Sure, But it also kind of proved, like, you know, I think anonymity in the recovery community is confusing for people. We are not a secret society. And as our nonprofit, I really see my job is to really help educate people on that and that, you know, I'm more than happy to talk about Sober AF, and I'm grateful for all the other things that help me stay sober. But I'm really here just to talk about kind of our nonprofit and what we do, and I'm happy to promote it. We'll get back to our guest in just a second. I got to make a quick shout out to two organizations that have really helped out Fire Mountain and Beyond Risk and Back at our booth here at the Winter Symposium. First is Guayaki Yerba Mate. They have given us cases and cases of this 
amazing, incredible drink to hand out to other people, to get people in the industry of mental health and addiction to understand the benefits of Guayaki Yerba Mate and brain recovery, brain building. I could, I could spend an entire episode, which I did, by the way, with one of the co-founders, David Carr. So go listen to that Beyond Risk and Back episode. And you can always Google benefits, scientific benefits, scientific research behind Yerba Mate. And you will understand why we give this drink out to people in the industry. This is a hidden gem that is getting more and more popular. So please support us being supported by Guayaki Yerba Mate and go pick yourself up a can and get some for your teens. And then second, I need to thank Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium people themselves for letting us be here and broadcasting this show and helping us email all of the speakers to get the information, the, 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 the new cutting-edge research in brain development, addiction recovery, mental health. And I get to interview these incredible people and get their information into your heads, parents. So thank you to Winter Symposium and thank you to Guayaki. Okay, let's get back to our guest. So I'm curious as to, you know, I've, I've seen as I've stalked you, I've seen that, uh, you know, you're at hockey games, you're at college games, you're at baseball games, you're at basketball games, you're at concerts. Where else? Start again. Sure. So that's a great question. Going. What we're looking to do is sporting events and music events. So gotcha. as a nonprofit, yeah, sporting events super easy, right? They sell seats. You sit together. We contact the Major League Baseball or the NBA. We get half off seats. We set up a link. We all sit together. They give us a spot to throw a sober tailgate. Um, music's a lot tougher. Like we'll be at Red Rocks. We'll do yellow balloons out of the back of the car. We'll have pizza and fried chicken with us you can't really grill up at red rocks right. but we all meet upper north parking lot and then we all go sit together so we've done like film on the rocks so we saw the big lebowski at red rocks nice we saw it with ten thousand people which is amazing because that that is a that's a stoner culture such like a stoner that, culture that, that uses that right but, but i love that movie right right and like, a big drinking culture he's yeah, always got the white russian so what we did is we brought 10 white mochas so everyone got a white mocha. We all wore bathrobes. We all went in together, sat together. There was like 15 of us. Um, what was great for me is that we had people from NA, CA, right. AA. We had like SLA folks coming in. So, um, But really what we're trying to do is expand outside of just the recovery community. And we want sober curious. We want anyone who doesn't feel safe at an event like that, like a woman who doesn't want to be roofied. Right. You know, we're building these safe zones for anyone. So it, we don't have this age requirement. Um, you said you said during the commercial that that you know not only is this for the kids, you want the parents to come, you want them to bring the ten-year-old little sibling. Like this is for everybody. Right. This is what it should be. Right. We're going to have a ton of fun. All the parents are involved. Um, you know, I have an 18 and 21-year-old, so I get how hard this is, right, right? Right, right, When my kids go out, I text them like, hey, sober AF, right? And that text means you're not getting high tonight. My expectation is you're not getting drunk tonight, and you're not getting pregnant tonight. Right. So that's what I throw out there to my kids. <laughs> and it's hard to communicate that, right, without being the hammer all the time. Right. But a simple text 
you know, they kind of understand. Look, Duke, dads like you and me, we're okay being the unpopular dad to our kids' friends. Right. And I get that because I was the one who said, you smell like weed, go home. Right. Like, and, and because I'm triggered. And yeah. that made it that made it hard for my son. And, and, and his friends didn't want to come over at times because I was the guy who said, no, not here. Right. Well, my friends, like, I get it. That's too bad. But... But but we have to have dads and moms out there who are willing to be the parent who says, yeah, bummer, but right. we're not doing it here. And and your kids, are they love you as much right. as any kid loves, loves anyone for so it. So we have been this sober AF house. So my son's freshman year, he was having a hard time making friends. Boys are weird. They don't know how to hang out. So I said he should do a poker tournament. So he would get Brilliant. these 12 kids over, and they would play poker till 3 in the morning, drinking Red Bull and have a great time. Good for them. And, yeah. But they all knew. I let them all know, like, this house is sober AF, and this is what it means. No one's getting drunk. No one's getting high. No one's getting pregnant. Right. So we were the weirdos, right, to some degree. The parents would drop off their kids. They'd know they'd be sober, but they didn't quite know what was going on. However, like two years later, I started getting those phone calls. You know, Jimmy ate a marijuana brownie last night. The cops are called. Can I talk to you about what you're doing? Right. You know, my son got a DUI. Can I talk to you about Look, that? Duke, my whole my whole treatment center, my whole residential treatment center for teens started with me driving around Boulder, picking up some of my son's friends who didn't want to use that night. They'd rather go to a meeting. Right. And I would pick it. Like, it start. this is the grass roots of, of how it starts. And now 60 events later, yeah. you're, you're, you guys are making a noise. You guys are in, you've been in 5280, I think. So correct. We've been on every TV station. Every station. We've been, we were on KBPI recently. So Brilliant. even like rocks the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's Slacker, amazing. Slacker is an old friend of mine, also, by the way. Let's get you guys right. connected. Well, it was Willie B. Who, Willie B. Uh, and I know Willie who, B. Uh, you know, it was very pro-fun, pro-party, but really appreciated, you know, a spot for people who want to take a night off. Yeah. You know, we're not judgmental. This is not anti-booze. This is alternative fun. You know, if you want to take the night off, we got a spot for you. So he so appreciated that. You use the term sober curious. Yes. Brilliant. So there's a group out there that, you know, doesn't believe the hype that that was sold to them by Madison Avenue in the 60s right. that you have to be wasted to have fun. Right. And these kids are really missing a community because party is the fun word and sober is the bad word. The bad word. So that's why we're sober AF, right? We're not, so we really try to push like, look, this isn't really fun. So it, if it was called sober entertainment, nobody would show up. <laughs> so we're doing this at, you know, uh, bass nectar concerts. Yeah. We're doing this at Decadence. We did this at Polo Fest. So, well, I got I got to ask. So, you, so you talked about I, I, off the air. I asked, how are you getting tickets? Because you say you sell tickets. Correct. So, 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 tell me what the setup looks like. So, the how are you getting all these seats together and everything? Right. So, sporting events need help selling tickets typically. So, we'll reach out as a nonprofit, get discounted seats, try to get a large block, and they give us up to either two weeks before the event or ten days before the event to sell these tickets at a discounted. They're price. seeing what's left over, which is fair. They're they're in business. Well, they give us a large block, and if we don't sell them in a certain time, they want to take those tickets back. Fair and sell enough. Them. Gotcha. So, it's been great. However, trying to get recovered alcoholics to buy things early is impossible, right? <laughs> These people do not buy green bananas. Compulsive they by They are nature. waiting to see if a better offer is coming down the road. 
and I get it. However, don't call me the day of the event for 50 tickets or nice. 22 tickets. Nice. But uh, we've worked with certain treatment centers, and we've had 100, 200 kids show up only because we've been able to kind of get these everyone on board for the same event. So what we've learned is like New Year's Eve, we had 200 kids sitting together at an avalanche game. New Year's Eve, right? 200 people sober is a miracle yeah. in the whole state. But we had them all at the yeah. Pepsi Center, and they gave us this boardroom beforehand for a sober tailgate. Um, on St. Patrick's Day, we have $24 tickets for the avalanche. So I'm happy to say we've never added a premium on any tickets. So we're not looking at that as some type of revenue stream. We right. are trying to really just build momentum for a sober community to have fun in the places that typically aren't sober. And then, so, so I want to ask, just, just for the sake of knowing, um, which sports team has been the most, oh, hell yeah, we want you here? So I would say the Rockies have been terrific. We've done six Rocky games. We've wow. probably averaged about 150 people per Rockies game. Wow. University of Colorado's been terrific. That's awesome. So they have gone out of the way to really help. Uh, the Nuggets and the Avalanche both have been great. The Avs we've been able to really do a lot with. Uh, my, sis uh, my sister, my daughter, goes to Colorado State University, yeah. co-founder of this movement, and they've been a pain in my neck trying to get anything going up there. So, CSU, you need to get it together because CU's got you beat. So, light years ahead. And it wasn't until a new president came in and I started sending her emails that nice. I started getting some response. Excellent. The first response I got two years ago was, how dare you throw a sober tailgate on campus? Nobody shows up. And I was like, you're not doing it right. So <laughs> we will show you how to do it right. Wow. So we did it this year for the Colorado State game versus Air Force. Right. So it was a good time. We would still have a little, a little more support from some of the universities. But what I've learned is every single university wants you to think none of them have a drug or alcohol problem. Of course. Of course. They're of course. all competing with students right. on a daily basis and with those parents. And they're all their own individual entities. So nobody's sticking their neck out. Duke, you're, you're in Colorado. We are, we are now known all over the world. Yes. For example, I was just in Jamaica. I go to Jamaica often. Uh, I get offered drugs constantly when I'm walking down the beach, literally to the point where they say, hey, man, you, know, you want some weed? And I say, I don't, I don't smoke. And they say, why are you here? And I point to the ocean that's three feet away, and I'm right. like, uh, and then and then they're like, well, you know, you can find the ocean elsewhere. I'm like, I'm from Colorado. There's nothing you got on this island, right. for, number one. You know, we are known around the world. When I'm teaching in Malaysia and I say right. I'm from Colorado, they go, oh, marijuana. Right. And I, I like like we are known as the party state. Has, but has, it's true because we started this. Yes, we, we did. We were the first entity, first state, first, you know, we thought weed was legal in Amsterdam. Right. No, no, no. Right. And, it wasn't I've been legal. to Amsterdam and right. they, they, they know just Colorado. let them do it. Yeah. So we were the first ones who allowed medical marijuana and we were the first ones that allowed recreational. recreational. So, and, and there's no limit to how strong this weed can be. And we've got the sports teams, we've got the hunting, we've got the hiking, we've got the skiing, we've got, we are the tourist state. Right. All we need is an ocean and we're done for. Right. But my question is. Does this work against you? Could this have been easier in a, a, a red state that's very, uh, we don't want any of this stuff? Like, Or has Colorado really embraced this? So, more to be determined. Okay. Right? So, Fair we're enough. working with state legislatures. Okay. And I'm trying to tell them, like, look, 
we've opened Pandora's box here in Colorado. We've been the worldwide leader in cannabis, and we have not put any strength recommendation on it. It's not... It is ridiculously how They're not even trying to shut you up with marijuana money. That's what I'm asking. Yes, correct. So I said, why don't we be a world leader in sober support or recovery support right. or an alternative support? Um, so well, we'll see how much funding we're able to kind of Duke, get on that I'm, front. I'm on the board of CAFCA, the, the, the Children and Families Association. We are the one who work with legislators to try to get more funding for programs like everybody who's here. Right. It's a constant battle here in Colorado. However, um, we sure do like our tourists, and we are seen as the weed state. And it, it's frustrating. It's hard. And I'm just, you, you're, you're butting your head up against it right. now, too. Um, you know, really, it just kind of falls back. We're parents, yeah, right? Yeah. And we're trying to keep our kids alive. Yeah. This generation, my kids, have a six times higher likelihood of dying of overdose than the previous generation. It's a bunch of crap, right? So I got these kids, and there's no alternative culture for them besides this party culture, even when they're underage. Right. Right? I mean, half the kids at universities are under the age of 21. Right. And what's their alternative to the beer pong in the parking lot? Nothing. Right. So that's what we're trying to do. We've added software to our website so anyone, anywhere can host their own sober tailgate. So ideally, we are doing Project 72, where there will be 72 sober tailgates on the same day to honor the 72,000 people who have died of drug overdose in 2017. Duke, let's let's give out contact information as we wrap awesome. around here to the end. So let, let's start with your, your your Fab Five social medias. Are you on them all? So I would say, first off, website SoberAFE.com. So we're SoberAFE, the acronym SAFE. Yes. Or Sober as Fuck. Right. Entertainment. Or uh, Asshole Free asshole or free, Alternative Front or alternative Sober and Fun. fun. But depends on the podcast. But at this one, I'm happy <laughs> to say Sober as Fuck Entertainment. And as a parent... And this is a podcast for parent. I love how just determined and down to to the you got both feet on the ground, Duke. Yeah. And, I, and I need my parents to hear your voice because it's okay to be the uncool parent who's trying to make this cool. Because I am a happy straight edger. Right. I'm, I love being straight edge, and uh, it, that's a hard cool factor to pass on. We want our kids alive at 25, right? Yeah. I want my kids alive at 25. Yeah. So this is, I want them to know I'm fighting for them. Say your, say your website again, so and then let's the go through your other contacts. The website is SoberAFE.com. Okay. Uh, Facebook is SoberAF Entertainment. That's where we do most of our social media. We okay. post videos all the time. We're probably a daily poster on Facebook. Yeah. We're also on LinkedIn. Sober AF Entertainment. Uh, we're on Instagram, Sober AF Entertainment. Um, and I think that's it, social media-wise. Where can people find a schedule? Where's the best place to find a schedule to find out which concert, something like that? I would probably go to Facebook for, we're much better promoting there, but when you do want to purchase it, go to the website, click on our calendar. There's a link on the date in the calendar for, you know, March, actually Super Bowl weekend. We are working with the Phoenix Throne to Super Bowl party. Wonderful. March 7th, DU playing Colorado College Hockey. We are working with their collegiate recovery community. We have $15 tickets. Wow. March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day, half off tickets to the Avalanche and a sober tailgate inside the Pepsi Center. March 18th, we've got Nuggets game, and we've already sold 75 tickets, Nuggets versus Clippers. 
So that was guaranteed a big time. And we've invited a bunch of politicians to that. Nice. Um, and then in May, June, July, we have Rockies games in the work. We've got a sober campground set up at Camp Traction, which is at Electric Forest in Michigan. So if you want to come to that music festival, we've got a sober campground set up for you. Two days later, we have 2,500 tickets reserved at the Tigers versus Twins game, which will be the night before AA's World Conference, where they're expecting 90,000 people. So we've got some big plans in the works. Yeah. This is, this is incredible. Um, what, is ne- what is expansion goals for you? What's your five-year strategy? So really, I would like this to be a travel channel show where we're on a RV going to a music festival and then to a sporting event and nice. then to a music festival. And we're showing the world how to have fun sober, where it's, you know, seven kids in the RV having a great time. And there's obviously we'll have some trauma get lost around the way. But <laughs> then there's, you know, clips of either the video or of the game or of the music festival. Right. So I would like to see that be a component. You know, I think our country is right now very fractured. Yeah. And I call it the red tie versus the blue tie. Right. And I want us sober tailgates to kind of change the world that we all come together and heal up together and have fun together at an event, no matter what our political leadings are. Duke Rumley, Sober AF Entertainment. Uh, you got your tag. We make we make safe spaces and fun places. You're still doing. You got the cool factor, man. You're doing the games and the concerts, and that's that's wicked. And that's that's way beyond what a lot of people do. Uh, like I said, I've been stalking and watching for a while. Uh, when we sign off the air here, I want to talk about deepening some connection between us. I would like right to be on. on your board of directors if you have me. Awesome. Um, and let's let's make sure we get a regular show going. Love it with you guys. Well, well, we are here, and I understand how difficult it is to be a parent. Yeah. Right? I'm 52. I've got this 18 and now 22-year-old at home. I don't know what it's like to be 18 or 22, but I am trying to be in their lives just so that I understand that once they're 25, they can make better decisions. But how do I kind of influence them between now and then without being the hammer that's not going to work to kind of get them to understand? And I think it's changed them and I'm super grateful for that. But I think it's also impacted all of their friends. And I'm really proud of that. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much for joining me, parents. Please remember to give us a listen, a like, a subscribe, and share us with your friends, other parents who need the support. I have a few people I'd like to thank. First is Frazier PR. I'd also like to thank Your Cause Consulting. And I need to give a shout out to Deepin Productions. As always, thank you to Mental Health News Radio for hosting this show. And I'd like to thank Guayaki. Guayaki has sponsored our booth here at the Winter Symposium. And of course, all my fans everywhere all over the world, thank you so much for making Beyond Risk and Back a number one parenting podcast. Remember, parents, take care of yourself first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. I'll see you next week.